0: Hi everyone, it's Karen Chong, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where every week we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. Have you ever met someone for the first time and instantly felt like you knew them or recognized them somehow, even though you knew you never physically met before? Why does that happen? Is there a difference between past-life overlap and groups of beings that tend to overlap together through various lifetimes? And are we guided by any of them? Today we're going to discuss the differences between past-life overlap soul groups, and the spirit council, so you can better understand relationships with people that feel familiar to you. After the discussion, we're going to wrap it up with a group frequency calibration to help begin to remove the distortion patterns around this topic. So let's jump right in. Dennis?
1: Well, Karen, I think we've all had those situations in our life where just, you know, we run into somebody and just boom, just automatically we feel like, I know you. And the fact is, I've never met that person. What, what's going on? What's that all about?
0: Yeah, I love it when that happens. That happened with us, with you and I actually. Um, that was fun. Um, yeah, so that could be a number of things. Uh, what, and so today we're talking about something exciting. Uh, which is soul connections. And what I mean by that is the connections we have with different people before we even come into this lifetime. So we have this sense of familiarity with them. We have this recognition of, I know you, even though, as you say, we've never physically met them before. And it's always fun when that happens to me, because it's like you're running into an old buddy that you haven't seen, but you've actually been reincarnating with them. And here you are in the physical reality now meeting. So it's always fun to discover those people. So, um, from my perspective, there are three different groups that, um, need to be discussed. Uh, the first is a past life overlap. Okay. So somebody you've shared a past life with, uh, the second is what I would call a soul group. And the third is a much, much, much higher in resonance order. And that's the council. Not everybody has a council, but, um, they're really important and they're definitely present for some of us. And so I wanted to discuss what all those three are so that people have an idea because those terms are kind of loosely bandied about. They're taught about in different ways by different people. So I thought I would just clarify what they all were so that people have a better understanding and so that it can help you navigate some of the relationships in your lives. Because a lot of times people who you've had this connection with in past lives will show up and it's helpful to kind of know context so you can navigate them sound good
1: so let's yeah so three different terms and uh let's go ahead let's start with the first one past overlap so i think i think i've got a sense of what that might be but could you explain that
0: yeah sure so past life overlap is when you've simply reincarnated with this other being in the past okay so it doesn't mean um that you have a soul group connection necessarily, but it can, and I'll talk about soul groups in just a minute. It can mean that, but it just means that you've had past lives with them before. So for some people, um, past life only has a positive connotation. Like if I've known you in a past life, it must be good. That's not necessarily true. It just means you've incarnated with this being before. It can be a situation where you have incarnated in a way that's not necess- where the relationship wasn't necessarily beneficial to you. So meaning you can have lifetimes together where in that past lifetime or past lifetimes, plural, you, that person or being was oppressive to you. Okay. So they, uh, there was a dark contract or dark magic or something negative where they oppressed you and it continued on into future lifetimes. And sometimes, or often, if you're in front of me or you're doing frequency work, part of what you're doing in this lifetime is to break that past lifetime connection, to resolve it and then transcend it. So you're not repeating the same kind of relationship with that same being in this lifetime. You're freeing yourself of it. Okay. So that is one possibility. Now, um, I can see you have a question, but let me just complete. It can also be positive, right? You can have past lifetime overlap with somebody where the relationship was one where you're both helping each other, okay? Um, Where you're both transcending, where you're both there uh, because you are cooperating in some way, usually on a spirit level. For most people that I've seen when I work with people, it's because they're both wanting to awaken. And so they have this agreement that in, this past, in these lifetimes, that's what they're going to do together. So whether you overlap entirely for a lifetime or just in part. So for example, someone can come in as the grandchild and someone can come in as a grandparent. And the grandparent is only alive for a couple of years in that grandchild's life, but it's long enough for that baton to be pa- passed. So in that positive case, it's enough overlap that that learning from one generation to the other or that one being to the other is passed, even though it's a very small amount of time of overlap. It could also be like an entire, you know, an entire lifetime, like your siblings or your best friends or your cousins or whatever, right? Mother, daughter, father, son, father, daughter, you know what I mean? That type of thing. Um, but it can also be a very brief time as well. It could just be a close friend relationship that lasts for just a short period of time as well. It doesn't, it's not limited. But my only point with regards to past life overlap is that just because they're familiar to you, it doesn't necessarily mean it's positive. It can mean that it's something that you need to transcend in this lifetime. So that's what I mean by past lifetimes.
1: I'm just curious if if you do have that feeling, that connection about that person, would you encourage someone to explore it? And when you talk about past life overlap, and you say it could be either you know somewhat positive yeah. or it could be oppressive um should a person try to kind of dive into that relationship and see what the lesson learned is or what yeah. what it is i need to look at
0: <laughs> yeah it's funny i feel like with past life overlaps they're so compelling you're not going to not follow it. That's, that's my feeling. I mean, you have this f- sense of familiarity, of kinship with this person, of recognition with them, of being witnessed in some way with them, you want to be with them. So it's kind of hard to resist them. And my thing is to never, I, I don't operate from a s- space of fear, typically. So that's just me. So um, my feeling is to learn from it. Because even if the relationship is bumpy, meaning even if in the past, lifetime, the relationship was oppressive. If you're in this lifetime to transcend it, the only way you can do it is to have it, right? right. So meaning that you, you may have to have something that's a little bit bumpy, that's a little bit um, uneven, or um, n- where you are mired in the relationship and you're trying to break free. But you need to have the relationship to break free from it, is my point. So you can't really be... Harmed from it, and especially if you're doing frequency work, it's a really good place to release those past lifetimes that are oppressive, that do have that element of darkness or um, suppression in them. So it's really imp- or control or whatnot. So it's uh, like I said, a good time to release them in this lifetime. You want to clear them. That's the point, right? I mean, pushing them under the rug doesn't really solve anything. So you do want to have them. And so to get to the next um, group of soul group, just to, to contrast it, okay, just to make it clearer. So a soul group is a group of beings that you incarnate with regularly okay and there are a group of beings that you have an agreement with so we don't necessarily all incarnate at the same time so let's imagine that it's a um it's a group of anywhere between 60 and 32 beings okay Up in that range of number and you all agree to incarnate together at different moments so meaning not all 32 will come in at the same time or, or anywhere in that range i'm just gonna say 32 because it's the bigger number it doesn't matter it could be 16 to 32. um uh, it, you don't all have to incarnate at that same time. It may be that a handful of that group, uh, 10 of them, for example, don't incarnate at the same time as the other 26 or thirty, twenty-two. 22. Sorry, my math is bad. <laughs> don't follow my math. My math is not great. <laughs> don't, don't ask me about math. But um, so not all of you will necessarily incarnate at the same time. Some of you will pass by each other uh, quickly, where it's just like a very short interaction where it it's somebody where you met uh, briefly and then you didn't meet again for example in the rest of your life but in those few days where you had that wonderful interaction there was something that was transmitted between the two of you so it doesn't um it could be something like this so uh, that soul group i just want to make it really clear that soul group um of beings i um this is my term that i made up okay so it's not necessarily like a formal term but that soul group is there to help the group meaning it's operating to help the group ascend You can't really have a relationship that's a soul group relationship that is oppressive, abusive, because you're there to transcend. You're there to learn from each other. There are many, many, many ways to learn other than control, domination, fear, abuse, many other ways. So if you're experiencing that from a person, chances are they're not part of your soul group. So you can have a past life overlap with somebody who's in your soul group, but if it's oppressive, likely they're not in that soul group with you. Okay, so and it becomes really um, it it can be really easy to tell who's part of your soul group because it's usually somebody that you have a connection with where the relationship is very familiar, very positive. It feels expansive. The two of you are winning because of your interaction. It's not no one's uh, uh, being uh, diminished as a result so it 's something it 's something where everybody 's winning from it, yeah, so soul groups are really fun it 's kind of like an it 's like a kind of like a family, but it's it doesn't have that human uh connotation of family, which has some dynamics in it, which may not be great. This is very different um this is on the soul level or spirit level yeah
1: you know i 've heard people use the term looking for their tribe mm-hmm. you know it 's almost like uh you know you 're kind of out there. And, uh, you're, you're looking for like-minded, you know, souls that, uh, to connect with, to work with, to grow with. And so is that, is that kind of the characteristics of a soul group is,
0: uh, yeah, kind of, but I would say it's more narrow. So a tribe is just, to me, when I feel the word tribe, it's like a much bigger collective of people, like you say, who think similarly, have the same likes and all that sort of stuff, which is more human okay which is more about like uh you know having similarities in that way like same interests same values type of thing um it can overlap with that the soul group is much more specific it can be much smaller in number and it's a very specific resonance meaning it's like Just because you're in someone's tribe, it doesn't mean you have an instant connection with them. It may be like you have things to chat about with them, right? You have an overlap of interests that you can talk to them about, and it's exciting for both of you. But with a soul group, it's like on, right? It's almost like they're family, and you have the sense of love for them, even though you don't know them, right? You're just like, oh, of course. Like, I've always known this person. I've known them forever. I've always known them. When you have that kind of feeling, that's more of the soul group, because you have known them forever, because you know them on the non-embodied plane. You've come into this incarnation knowing yourself as consciousness, yeah. so knowing yourself as infinite, indestructible consciousness. All of you are aware of this, and all of you are deciding to embody at different moments together at different moments so that you can have this experience of the embodiment and then transcend it. So it's more of a deep recognition of that agreement
1: and and one of the things that you mentioned is that uh, one of the unique qualities about that soul group is the fact that uh, it 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 is never oppressive.
0: That's it's, correct. It's it's yes. always
1: a very constructive helping uh, supportive type of relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah, where each is where each is buoying the other. Right, and you have this. uh, Like I said, it's like um, a knowingness, a a love for the other person, and a connection that feels timeless. That's what I mean by that.
1: What was the third piece as far as the soul connection? We've got the overlap, and we've got the group, and so what? What is the other one that? Oh, I uh, see.
0: Okay, so yes, so the three levels are um, past life overlap, soul group, and the third group that I'm going to mention right now is. Uh, the council. But before I move to the council, I just want to mention one thing there. uh, And I mentioned it simply because it's showing up a lot. So there are a lot of uh, people who come to me for um, issues in their relationship. And what's interesting to me is that a number of uh, women, it tends to be females, who come to me um, and they're having problems with their intimate partnership in the sense that they have a strong sense of closeness. They have a very high degree of loyalty, but there's no passion in the relationship. Okay? There's no passion and it's hard to disassociate from the relationship because every time they try to do, they feel a large sense of guilt, etc. I'm not saying this is the case for everything or everyone or that there are not more distortion patterns. There are. It, oftentimes though, what I've noticed is um, the partner has in past lifetimes been that female son so it it has a very different tone, and it 's very strange so if you 're there if they 've been your son in a past lifetime it 's very hard to distinct um, to distance yourself from them because you 've had that relationship where you 're supposed to mother them, take care of them, um, you know what I mean make sure they 're all right, put them into the world all that sort of stuff that a mother has for her son, and now they 're having that for their partner and it 's a little bit weird because. That's not really what they're wanting from their partner. Like initially when they met, they have this sense of connection, this love, this maternal feeling, this wanting to connect more. And then as they go along, that that's not sustainable. So I'm just mentioning that um, because that's been showing up quite a bit. And that might, for a number of you out there, have the bells go off like ding, ding, ding. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's what's happening. OK, so I've just seen the light bulb go off for uh, a number of people. So I just mentioned that. Um, so part of that is to when you do frequency work in the session to separate that past lifetime resonance uh, residue from both of you so that you can come into this lifetime without that residue of the resonance of those lifetimes in you now. So that means that you can choose or operate from a place where you have more freedom because you're not bound by the that past lives where you had that type of relationship. OK, so I just mentioned that.
1: Have you found, Karen, in working with uh, uh, folks that if they can truly kind of acknowledge and be aware of that uh, past, you know, past lifetime overlap or can they truly work through that and like you say, release that so that their current relationship, they can restore the passion? Yeah, and, and Yeah. It, past okay. lifetime
0: release is like a huge deal. It doesn't take very long, actually. It just takes a couple of minutes. It depends on any lifetimes, actually. But it shifts everything. It shifts, uh, if, it's a, it's, if it's something really dark and you release that, then you become free of that type of relationship in your, in your life. It can uh, release stuff that, um, it can release like curses, dark magic, dark contracts. Then you're free in this lifetime. It changes everything in terms of their, pers- their reality because everything changes. Once you release stuff like that, right? This is like element of darkness that they can't seem to get over. It dissolves, it goes away. And so this lifetime is now clear. And to answer your question more directly, when you shift um, uh, relationship past life patterns, absolutely it changes the game in terms of your ability to move forward and to be able to have a different kind of relationship or resolve relationships in this lifetime, because that patterning isn't there. So therefore, you're not bound in the same way. You can make different choices, relationships where you feel like you you were afraid to leave or you felt really guilty about leaving or you couldn't leave. Now, all of a sudden, you have momentum to shift them. Right. I'm not saying you necessarily have to leave them, but just shift them in some way to um, have them be uh, a better resonance for both of you. Right. Or it might include leaving, uh, but it doesn't need to. So, yeah, it totally can change the game. So to get back to your question with regards to the council, um, this is a long, (laughs) long meandering path to get back to the council. So the council is a very specific group. Uh, Not everybody has a council. Uh, I originally thought that everyone did. Uh, not everyone does. It really depends on the resonance that you are at uh, when you come into incarnation. So the council is uh, not static, meaning that when you come in at a certain resonance, some of us have a small council to begin with. And this is a group of uh, disincarnate or um, or so beings on spirit realm who have a very, very, very high resonance. Okay. and. They come in sometimes when someone's of a high enough resonance, they'll just be there as a group. They're there to provide, um, it's not exactly... Everyone thinks of them as guides. They can be, but they're not necessarily that active. It's more like they are in support of your beingness and helping you to clear your path in terms of raising your resonance because they stake their own resonance behind yours, not in a way that um, is detrimental to them. It's more like we stand with you. You know, if you can imagine, it's like um, somebody who's really strong vibrating higher, if they're around you, your resonance would go up because you wouldn't train to them, right? So imagine, right, you're in this group of beings that are very high in resonance if you're standing there, your resonance is going to start to go up, right? Just like if all of a sudden you're amongst people, like this huge group of people that is really happy all of a sudden, and you're not really, all of a sudden your mood starts to lift, right? Because they're having that higher resonance. Well, it's like that, but on a much higher level.
1: Before you go any further, Karen, I've got a real basic question. So when you talk about soul council, are these actual human, human beings that are in my realm that I'm connected with? Or are these souls that I don't have a human relationship with?
0: Yeah. So thank you. So that's what I meant by disincarnate. They're not beings that are human. These are beings that are in spirit realm only. Okay. So um, you can't ask a council to come in. They won't. It's at their option. They are of the higher resonating order. So you can't request a council, for example. Um, The council is, like I said, a um, very, very, very highly resonating group of beings. Uh, It may be just one of them at first. Uh, It may be more of them. The higher uh, your resonance rises in your lifetime, should you follow the path where you want to have your resonance rise, that you, the fastest way that I know of, there are many paths to the same thing, okay, many. The fastest way I found is the frequency work. So if you release your distortion patterns, your resonance rises very quickly in comparison to other modalities or other methods, let's just call it that. And so when your resonance rises, more beings will join the soul council or the spirit council. It's not really a soul council, it's a spirit council. So when the spirit council, because as your resonance rises, it's like beings on the higher level planes of resonance recognize, oh, there's a being down here inform, whose resonance is really rising, we're going to support that because they know that the more of us that have a higher resonance, the more that it helps the rest. They are aware because they're very highly resonating and are very aware of their essence as infinite and destructible consciousness that we are one. So the more that are embodied that are of a high, or higher resonance, the more that those are embodied will entrain to that higher level resonance and everybody is helped you see? So by coming in and around that being to help buoy their resonance, that helps the being who's incarnate to have their resonance rise, which then helps the whole. So more, and I can see you have a question. So the more that you, um, so the more that your resonance rises, the more beings will enter your spirit council, because again, they're giving more, um, let's call it weight, but it's actually the opposite. Let's call it more uh, buoyancy <laughs> to your frequency resonance because it helps the whole. So more and more of them will come into the council as a way of um, creating more momentum in the density, in the embodied plane. So um, you had a question?
1: So this is all quite intriguing. So um, as as the human you know, rises and the council grows, does does the person, the human person, become more aware of that council from the standpoint of, oh, there used to be three or four, now there's ten, or and just a sense of their energy or their feeling, or, you know, it's like I get this sense that the council is available or there. Or, I mean, as a human, as, as you grow and evolve into this higher state, are you, are you more connected? from your standpoint
0: yes uh my answer is yes so um that because that's been my experience i'm I'm sure other people would have different experience but my feeling is as your resonance rises you will become more aware of these things you may not be aware of them actively around you all the time because they're not around you all the time they um they're people confuse the idea of the spirit council with this idea of guides Okay, because we have this very human idea that um, the guides are kind of like our parents. You know what I mean? Like they kind of want to have a relationship with them where they're there supporting us. We feel loved and nourished and witnessed by them. We feel like we want as a human to be seen. So we create this idea of guides. And yes, there are guides out there for sure. I'm not saying that they're not, by the way. Okay, but I'm just saying we have this human um, tendency to want them to function in a certain way, in a very human relationship way. The council isn't human. Okay, meaning they're not human beings with human emotion and human thoughts. These are very, very highly resonating beings of a very high consciousness level. Okay, this would include people, just to give people an example, like the being that was known as Jesus, or the being that was known as Buddha, or the being that was known as Thoth, or the being that was known as there's many of them, okay, that have very high, and the many that are unnamed who, um, who are of a very high resonance, okay? They are not human in the sense of like, you know, they're going to be your buddy or your guide or your parent. It's not that kind of relationship. Okay, just to make that clear, because I think people want to have that kind of relationship. It's not like that. They're there to provide, like I said, a, a, um, a place or a platform or a structure for your resonance to rise simply because they come in and boy, your own resonance. As that happens, your impact in the physical world rises. It's just the, the nature of it. So um, I, the reason I say that is because people want to have this sense of closeness. Okay. So I just want to, to, to mention that. So are you aware of who they are? So, many of us do. Yes. Um, some of them, you won't know who they are. You'll just feel them. You're like, okay, I can feel that being I have a sense of who they are, but I won't necessarily know their name, for example, okay? Or um, that type of thing. So you, but, and you're not aware of them 24 7 around you. You're just aware that they are there in certain meditations, that in certain meditations they might help to give you insight, that type of thing. But it's not like you're aware of their presence all the time. I guess you could be, but it's not required. I'm certainly not aware of, unless I tap in, where they are. I have to, actually put my attention on them and, and have a sense of where the council is, then I can feel them. And by the way, the council is not at your option. It's at their option. They are of a much, much higher resonance than you (laughs) as an embodied being. So if, if you, so they invite themselves into your council, you can invite them.
1: So I think, I think this podcast is going to create a lot of interest and a lot of, a lot of questions and a, a couple that uh, might come out is, first of all, you said these are these are beings that are vibrating at an extremely high level. Were they all at one time in a human body or not necessarily?
0: So yes, many of them have been incarnate in a human body. Some of them have not incarnated as humans. So there's a very, very, very tiny group, very tiny, okay, so just that... Um, that are a little bit different. So meaning that they are, uh, they have incarnated, say for example, as medicine horses. So medicine horses are very special. They are horses that are, have a very, very large heart that takes up actually their entire cavity of their chest and they're very highly resonant beings, okay? They're not human, but they are extremely uh, highly uh, resonant and some of them are, uh, will come into uh, the soul council. because they're not really horses when they're not incarnate. They're beings that show up as horses when they're in the earth realm. Um, So that would be one of them. Um, There are a couple um, that are not necessarily human incarnate. Um, I, I do have a couple that are not, have not incarnated as humans, but most of them have. Yes, to answer your question. And again, this is my understanding as it is at this moment. My understanding is constantly evolving. It may be, just to be really clear... So the council is of a very, very, very high resonance. As a human, to bridge into that resonance requires that you are clear enough to perceive them and that your resonance is high enough. So at this current moment, that is what I perceive. As my own resonance buoys up, it may be that I perceive different things in the council. It's very possible, right? I mean, I'm limited by my own resonance as well, right? As are we all. So um, hopefully that makes sense. So I may talk about this a little bit differently in the future, but for now, that's my understanding.
1: It, the other the other thought I had is, it it sounded like from what you described that it's kind of a one way street. It's a, basically it's they you know they're there to support you. It's not so much a communication back and forth like on a daily basis. You know like you know what <laughs> what should yeah. I do today? Should I buy that new car?
0: Should I, you know... They don't care. They would laugh. They'd be like, we don't care. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't... The mundane is not important to them. Okay, so I guess you could ask them that. They would probably stop responding at some point, because they'd be like, why do you keep asking me these questions? But um, you can, so the council is there to provide guidance. So it has been the case that I have gone to them questions. So you can ask them. It's not like they're like totally uh, uh, indifferent. Okay. It's, it's all I'm saying is that a lot of people think like, I really would like so-and-so to be part of my council. It's not like that. It doesn't work like that. It's not at your option. It's at theirs. If they choose to join your council, it's a tremendous honoring Um, when the beings, um, that were formerly known as, um, Jesus and the beings that that was and the being that is known as Buddha, uh, entered mine, I cried because it's a tremendous honoring, right? When they, when beings of that level enter your council, it is not a a, a small, to me, it didn't feel like a small thing. It felt like a tremendous honoring. And, um, so that was very, um, profound for me, um, And of course, uh, there are others as well. But um, my point is that you can communicate with them. So I do ask them for guidance occasionally. I don't ask them for things like a parking spot, right? (laughs) I'm circling. Hey, guys, can you throw down a parking spot for me? I guess I could. I'm just a little bit mindful about um, who they are. It's not like they're busy. It's just that it's irrelevant to them don't really care. You know what I mean? Remember, they're not human. So um, our human concerns are are kind of um, uh, not that important to them. They're more concerned about things of a grander level. That's why they have staked their resonance behind yours, meaning helping to buoy yours up, because their interest is in helping the whole, right? In helping in helping the whole ascend. That is what they're interested in. If you stop ascending so much yourself, they, they become um, a little bit, it's not disinterested, but it's like they want to help participate in the like the ascension process, right? In frequency resonance rising. That is what they're helping with, right? They're in service to the one infinite creator. That is what they're in service to. So if there is no movement towards that, they become less interested in it, right? That's, that's their purpose. So... Um, that's what I mean by, you. It's, it sounds like a deserving thing. It's, it's not, it's simply to do with your resonance and how quickly your resonance is rising. Really, it comes down to that, okay? And so again, it's to help boy the collective. The higher in resonance somebody who's rising quickly it is, the more that it helps people around them and it ripples out, as you know, as we talked about in what is your hidden superpower, right? That's what they're facilitating. So um, I do ask them for guidance definitely, but it's, um, not something, uh, I abuse. I'm aware of who they are and, um, they also, um, are clear with me about what they will allow and what they won't. Meaning like, um, they don't just show up because I ask them to show up. So if for example, we're doing a GFC and I request that their help, they don't necessarily have to be there they can be but they really are sort of like this sounds this is very human it's not like this exactly it's a poor interpretation but they may or may not show up right depending on the group depending on the purpose depending on the ripple effect that they're aware of they may or may not be there if they feel like if it's if it's for a very high order then they will allow, you know what i mean they'll allow me to ask them to come in i'm asking them for permission right because they're of a high resonance. And also, to make it really clear, it's not like there's only one, they, they're only on one council. So, for example, if there's the being that was known as Buddha on my council, it doesn't mean that he can't be on like, you know, hundreds of other councils. It, he's consciousness. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, they can participate on many councils. It's not like you have the lockdown on the Buddha frequency. <laughs> you don't, it's, he, he can appear on many, um, many councils.
1: I've, I've got the feeling, Karen, that with this uh, segment on soul connections that we've just kind of scratched the surface. And so when yeah. we talk about past life overlaps, when we talk about a soul group, when we talk about spirit counsel, uh it's, it's quite fascinating. And uh, so I've got the feeling there's more to come in the future. So thank you very much for this. Thank you. Karen, could you help me? I hear so often when I look at uh, your video or your website, GFC. Exactly what is that?
0: A GFC is a group frequency calibration, which looks a lot like a guided meditation on a particular topic. And what I'm doing is I'm helping you to remove the distortion patterns of that particular topic. And because you're coming together as a mastermind in a group to connect to Pure Source these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find they go into varying degrees of altered state. So please do not drive while listening to this GFC. Welcome everyone to the group frequency calibration for soul connections. So the theme of this particular GFC is to clarify the connections that you have with others that you feel may be beyond this lifetime. And if they are not serving you, so meaning you have past lifetime overlap with them in a way that is uh, not beneficial to you, that you start to uh, break that dynamic so that you can move beyond that relationship in this lifetime. Okay. If the relationship is one that is positive to, um, uh, for both of you to, um, uh, benefit the most from your overlap in this lifetime. Okay. However, that happens to, to look likely there will be a more in-depth, um, offering around this, um, at some point, but I'm not sure when. So this will be the beginning. All right, bringing your attention to your body. And as you bring your attention to your body, becoming aware of the backs of your thighs. And as you become aware, of the backs of your thighs, noticing what they are touching, how
2: warm or cold they are.
0: If they are relaxed or holding tension, just noticing the backs of your thighs. Good. And now please become aware of your heartbeat deep inside your chest. Either by feeling it through your perception sense, or by placing your physical hand over your physical heart. And now please become aware of your breath. Without changing it at first, just noticing your breath. Mm -hmm. And now taking this opportunity to deepen your breath. Yeah, to allow it to become more full, to fill more space in your body. Mm -hmm. Lengthening the breath.
2: Yeah.
0: Very good. And now please become aware of your surroundings. If you can, imagine it spherically, as if you're in the very center of a sphere, which you are. um, Your spirit body is a sphere at arm's length all around you. So, noticing the sounds, not only on your end, but also from my end. And noticing, if you can, what direction the sound is coming from. Good. And now, noticing the quality of the air around you. So meaning the temperature of it, whether it's moving. There's humidity in the air. Just noticing. Mm-hmm. Now please triangulate. For those of you who are new, triangulating means becoming aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you. So most of you will need to open your eyes in order to do this. Some of this, you can, some of you can do this through feeling That doesn't make it anyone better. It just means that that's the way they perceive easily. So if you need to open your eyes, go ahead and do that. And you're going to choose three inanimate objects in the space around you. What they are is irrelevant. And what you're going to do is you're going to notice and then feel the distance between each object and you. So for example, object A may be the coffee table, and you notice the coffee table is about two foot away from you. And then you're going to feel the distance between the coffee table and you. And you're going to do that for objects B and C. And you'll notice that as you do this, this, your sense of where you are in space, we will clarify. For those of you who are more practiced at this and can complete this faster, bringing your attention to the xiphoid process right at the base of the sternum. Breathing normally, we're going to take a nice deep breath together here, inhaling, Holding your breath for a count of five. And whenever you are ready and have completed that five count, exhaling and holding your breath out for a count of four. And whenever you have completed that single breath, continuing. To keep your attention on that same spot. Good. We're waiting for the mastermind to coalesce. And as we wait for that to happen, please note that I'm working on you at the group and the subgroup level, and that I often work in silence because when I'm working at very high frequencies, It doesn't benefit you for me to make physical noise. And sometimes I do make physical noise to remove the distortion patterns. Okay. So you might hear me hum or exhale sharply or sometimes yawn, even though I'm not tired. Also, if you hear me say something that resonates with you, it's likely yours and If you hear me say something that you really resist, that's also likely yours. So I invite you to stay open and to examine further the resistance. Mm -hmm. Bringing your attention now, please, to your heart space. In the center of your chest, in your nipple line. Now that the mastermind has coalesced and become more coherent, we're going to ask ourselves the following question. How can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And that question again is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source. As you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the space at the very center of your body, and as you become aware of this vast space, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of a brilliance at its very center that you either see or feel. And as you have your attention on this space, or on this brilliance, it intensifies. And as it intensifies, it expands outwards through all of your cells, Through your organs. Through your bone structure. Out through your flesh and your muscles. Through the pores of your skin. Into the space between your physical body and the outer perimeter of your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Mm -hmm. And now please become aware of the space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of this infinite space, I'm working on you at spirit level to increase your frequency resonance irrespective of where it began. Yeah. This is the most important thing we do, the higher your resonance the more momentum you gain on spirit level, the faster your integration. Good. Becoming aware now, please, of that xiphoid process right at the base of your sternum so the first distortion pattern we're going to release is that of attachment to our connections beyond this lifetime okay it doesn't mean that you can't have a great love for somebody or a closeness to them etc but releasing the yearning for these types of connections or attachments to the ones that you already have in your life. Okay. So you can see them more clearly releasing the attachment, which is to some degree born of familiarity. So many, for some of you, for so many lifetimes, you've known each other. So It can be hard to not be attached. attention, please, to the front of your throat and the top of your brain, whatever that is for you. Mm -hmm. For some of you where, uh, for actually, for those of you where the past lifetime overlap is one that is negative, there is this fear that you can't somehow live without the other. Like if somehow you were to not be in relationship with this person, that it would lead to, I don't know, some kind of something horrible and your body sometimes reacts as if it's like almost like a death. Okay. So we're going to release this. So these are for those of you who have past past lifetime overlaps, which are negative for those of you who have these overlaps and they are positive, helping to give you, um, a little distance from them. Okay. So there's nothing wrong with them. They're lovely. A little distance for them because for some of you, they're kind of like, um, intense emotionally, which can be good. And sometimes they can be, um, a little confusing or they, um, can be a little less clear. Okay, so helping both groups here. Hmm. And for a small subgroup within the positive lifetime overlap, there is a sense that you can't live without the other, even if it's positive, okay, like you need them in some way. So we're going to release that. From you too, okay? Here we go. bringing your attention, please, to your solar plexus between your belly button and the base of your sternum. So this is identity and feeling like somehow this soul connection is part of who you are. Okay. Like intrinsic to you in some way, we're going to release this. Okay. If you have soul connection, it's just a soul connection which is wonderful and amazing and somewhat timeless. So it doesn't require, it's, it's not required for it to be part of your identity. It's beyond your identity. Okay. So we're going to let go of this. Yeah. And for some of you, releasing also the hurt, the memory of hurt feelings, okay, or wounding from this person or people in your life. To the heart space, center of the chest and the nipple line. Just amplifying a positive uh, soul connection and the growth that it can bring to each party. Okay. So this is when the connection is positive. to your xiphoid process, about 3 inches or 7 centimeters directly beneath it towards your belly button in a straight line, clearing out, resetting, integrating your pain body for just a couple of seconds to speed up your integration. Good. Good. This brings us to the end of this session. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. These GFCs help people release distortion patterns. It's my sincere hope that you benefit profoundly from this series, which is why I spend so much of my personal resources creating these as my gift to the world. If a GFC topic resonates with you, often more work that can be provided in this one GFC is needed to really clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support.